But I'll say this, you, you, like Chicago, you have no players, sign Phil Kessel. Why have they not signed Phil Kessel? Like this is, it's mind boggling. Just to get him to a thousand points. Like, yeah, exactly. And to continue his streak. You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Boys in the Booth podcast this week, episode 196, and uh, it's great to have the three of us back together. Cody Abrams and Melbourne for this one as we continue, guys, with our in-season check-ins for all four NHL divisions. Last week, we talked about the Pacific. Case, we missed you for that one, uh, but glad to have you back on for the Central this week, of course. So we're going to dive into that, but first, how we doing, fellas? finally doing well i was bed ridden dead last week at this time and it was bad like my colds are usually one or two days max i sleep a bunch and then i'm ready to go well i had like terrible fever and coughing up a lung and just sick for probably 10 days straight and it was rough so, so you had a man cold is what you're saying. You, it was a full blown <laughs> man cold is what you're saying. There, Typically, there there. usually I'd agree with that, but this was, I don't know. I started to think I had like pneumonia or something. Jeez. Oh, well, God. I'm glad you're feeling better case. Uh, yeah. I'm also feeling better. I don't know if I told you about this, but I told Harper, uh, I just ruined my back a couple weeks ago. So I've literally been hobbling around and finally today it's been exactly two weeks since it happened and i'm starting to walk better and stuff after doing tons of stretching tons of exercising and harper was kind of giving it to me when i told him because you know that's just getting old that's what it's like yeah you're uh talking about this on the podcast that i listened to did you listen to it i don't believe you it was minus 10 degrees that night in toronto ontario (laughs) and uh, the cold was messing with your back hip problem (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, you know what, Harp? Maybe you could take some notes from Case because he listens when he's not on the show. You know what? I did listen, and that brings me to my first here, okay, topic. Okay, here we go. After, after we hear how Harper Cody is doing. Okay. <laughs> Doing doing good. And uh, I, I know what you're going to get into there, Case. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, doing well. Uh, don't really have much to say. Just kind of continuing along here and glad that January is almost over. January's uh, certainly not the easiest month to get into after the holidays and all that. But we're almost at the end of it here already and almost into February. So exciting times ahead for sure. Yeah. So last episode... When you talked about the Pacific, I was told to not even try to talk about this, but I'm not going to just sit there and let you guys talk (laughs) about this without any input from me at all. And this is the Vancouver Canucks. I want to read a couple quick um, quotes for you. I went back and listened to the Pacific preseason rankings. Quote number one, I just want this on record. Me saying this team is is going to come forth. Next quote is, they had embers last year, and I think gasoline will be dumped on those. And the last set of quotes is, so Case, do you have them making playoffs in, at five? No, I have them at four making the playoffs, and you vetoed that, clipped that. <laughs> so Whoa. that's just what I want to say. And then also, 
I wanted to point out that, Chad, you had them at sixth, not fifth. You said on the podcast that you and Harper had him fifth, but you had him six. Harper never stated when he had him. He said five, six flip-flop with Calgary, and he didn't really put which one was which. But what I want to say is that, I mean, I can still see this team dropping from first and being more mm-hmm. like a third in the Pacific, just based off you know PDO and the gold differential above expected. It's like 43.31, which is first in the entire league, meaning they're scoring more goals than they should and getting scored on less than they should. Mm-hmm. But I was pretty high on the team. I couldn't just imagine putting them above Edmonton or Vegas. And I also like LA a lot. So the reason for them to be at mm-hmm. four, but I did have them as a playoff team. And you did. I'm not, you did. I'm not ridiculously shocked at where they are. That is so fair, Case. I knew you were going to come with ammunition. I yeah. on on the on last pod though, I just had to say like, oh, one spot. And Case was like, oh, you know, don't don't paint a bad picture for me, like you know. But so we're just teasing you. But yes, Vancouver. We pointed out some of the the stats that are going in their favor. They're getting a bit lucky. They're likely going to regress. All of that being said, um, boys, this week we got some absolute hate mail on YouTube for that take specifically people saying we're ridiculous to say that Vancouver is going to regress and also coming out of that episode, even more hate mail for this, me saying a little bit tongue in cheek that I think the Edmonton Oilers would have the exact same record if Jay Woodcroft was still a head coach. So those were two, you know, not so hot takes. At least I didn't think they were very hot um, that we said last week that have kind of turned our, our YouTube up in flames, which is, you know, it's always nice to see because the engagement is good for us. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was getting, I, I got a kick out of listening to that Pacific ranking and how many times I was like, I just want it on record that I, I just, yeah. yeah, I just want the people to remember this. <laughs> I, actually, okay. So it's funny you say that because I went back and listened to the central and you said that you wanted it on record about a different team, but that hasn't gone exactly as yeah. planned so far but so that's you know we do these preseason like, rankings and crazy shit happens i want to say right. in general i was listening back to the episode i was very right about the pacific division mm-hmm. like kind of had them in the exact order they're in except vancouver was in four and not one if you flip vancouver to f- from four to one i had the whole rankings and then like the individual points about the teams were pretty accurate too Fuck, was I not right about the Central Division, though? (laughs) The Central, I feel like, is throwing everyone for a loop. And that's what we're going to talk about. So, Harper, if it's okay with you, we'll get into uh, what our preseason rankings were, what the current standings are now. Then we'll go what we were most wrong about, what we were bang on about, and then the teams who, you know, it's kind of to be determined whether we are right or wrong. That's right. So, yeah, same as last week. This is how we're going to structure them for all four of our in-season check-in episodes. So, Chad, go ahead. Our uh, preseason rankings for this division and the current standings in the Central. Yeah. So, the preseason rankings, we had Dallas, Colorado, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Nashville, Arizona, St. Louis, and Chicago in that order. And the current standings as of January 23rd at 6.27 p.m. Uh, Eastern Central Time, or Eastern Standard Time, rather, is uh, Winnipeg in first, then Colorado, Dallas, Nashville, Arizona, St. Louis, Minnesota, 
and Chicago. So right off the bat, it's very clear that we were most wrong about Winnipeg and Minnesota for different reasons. We were bang on on Chicago and to a lesser extent, Colorado and Dallas, because they're both still right at the top of that division. And it doesn't look like anyone can compete with them aside from Winnipeg, who's in first. Uh, And then the teams who were kind of right about it's it's still to be determined arizona st louis and nashville and i remember there being quite a heated debate actually about st louis and and uh arizona and we're going to get into that but why don't we start then uh with with the team we were most wrong about the winnipeg jets because what the heck harp why don't you set it up we interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of our favorite partners, Sign Up Expert. If you're a sports better, whether a brand new one, casual, or hardcore, listen very carefully because this ad is for you. Guys, line shopping for the best odds matters, and that's why any profitable sports better needs to be using multiple sports books to maximize their winnings. Thankfully, there has never been a better time to get signed up. And we are here to connect you with the best promotions industry-wide. When you use our link at signupexpert.com slash boysinthebooth, you can get access to all the top sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and their benefits. Most importantly, all of these sportsbooks have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through our link, again, signupexpert.com slash boysinthebooth, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one, allowing you to start line shopping with an enhanced bankroll. Guys, once again, it's simple. When you use multiple sportsbooks, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds out there, which is key to being successful and taking home those winnings, baby. So if you want to take advantage of these incredible benefits and support our brand all at the same time, it's a win-win, please consider signing up for your next sportsbook through our link in the description down below. Signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. One more time, that's signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. Hey guys, Harp here from the pod. We all want two things as sports fans when it comes to buying tickets. To not be ripped off by scalpers and to have an easy way to do it. That's where SeatGeek comes in. This pod is sponsored by the absolute best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. It does this awesome thing where they score each ticket out of 10 based on its value so you know whether you're getting a good deal or not. If the tickets are green, you'd better act quick and secure those things, but if the tickets are red, maybe wait a little bit before pulling the trigger and monitor the price in the SeatGeek app. SeatGeek just makes it way too easy. Anyways, here's the best part. SeatGeek has completely hooked us up. Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Click the link in the description to download the app today. And remember to get your discounted tickets to your favorite sporting events using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast.
Yeah, exactly. So, um, look, it's been an incredible season for the Winnipeg Jets. They've been one of, if not the best story in the NHL this year. And first of all, what a great season it's been for Western Canadian teams. You look at the Oilers now on a 13-game rip, and that could certainly keep going. They've got a game against the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. Um, as as we're recording here, that one starts at, uh, at 9 o'clock. But, um, yeah, it's it's great to see the Jets doing well. 64 points, third overall, 8-2 and two in their last 10. Um, and uh, there, there's one stat that sticks out, and I want to mention this quick, and then, Case, we'll, we'll go to you first with uh, with your thoughts on the Jets. But um, they, they've surrendered more than three goals in a game once since November 2nd, guys. And that was in a game... On Monday night, like just last the other night, night against, yeah, last night, yeah, on, uh, against the Boston Bruins. Um, and, uh, and that is absolutely wild. So that was the, uh, the stat that I wanted to bring up. Okay. Winnipeg, what a season. First overall in the Central, third overall in the NHL. Uh, Case, we'll go to you first, man. What are your thoughts on the Jets? Yeah. I saw that stat, um, like a week ago and I, I wasn't sure if it was still going, as of tonight or not, but that's like how you want to model a team. Like that's the perfect formula. Don't allow a lot of goals. You're going to end up winning more games than not. Uh, I think that anyone who is sitting here right now saying that they thought this team would be first in the division and third in the entire league, they're liars. No one (laughs) was predicting that. We were looking at them as and having difficulty because of the past, thinking like this team is always supposed to be good and is just so right there, mm-hmm. mediocre, like hanging on to the edge of a playoff spot. So we were kind of sheepish on putting them anywhere higher, especially with these the other three teams we were talking about. But we knew the decor was going to be steady and we knew that Hellebuck is, you know, the most consistent goalie in the league, but we didn't think that they would combine to have the least amount of goals against per game in the entire league. I attribute this to three things. The first one, I have to give respect to Connor Hellebuck, who is playing out of his mind with 21.4 goals saved above expected. And then also I like side shout out to Brassois because this team safe percentage is 94.5%, 05%, which is phenomenal between the two of them. Hellebach obviously sharing most of the load, but Brassois has also been great. The second thing is Team D has been way better than expected. They've allowed the least amount of total high danger and medium danger scoring chances combined at 309 in the entire league. So they're not giving up a ton of dangerous chances with a great goalie. What a great combination that is. And the last thing, just a dash of luck because the goals against above expected of negative 24.13 is best in league and has to have just a little element of luck. I know the goal differential above expected is is second best in the league after Vancouver. So I got to say that they're getting a little bit on the lucky side, but man, this team, defense and goaltending is saving them. 
Yeah. And that was something that we talked about in our preseason rankings, really. Like, you know, when is it going to be this team's year? They didn't lose a ton of goals. That was something we talked about. You know, Blake Wheeler's not here anymore, but it just didn't look, and Pierre-Luc Dubois, it, but it just didn't look like those subtractions were going to mean fewer goals for this team. And so far, that's been the case. You know, they're not lighting the world on fire with the amount of goals they're scoring, but they're scoring enough to get by because they're a defensively structured team. And we've been waiting for this team on paper. Always looks so good, but we've been waiting for them to actually find their way and and be good in the standings. And this is the year, man. And they can't waste it with Hellebuck playing this good, the the team defense being so strong. It's just incredible. But I, like Casey said, we'll be the first to say that we did not have them finishing first in this division, and I don't think many people did unless they work for for Bardown. <laughs> there's one guy there who might. Well. But- they're playing playoff hockey. So, you know, if they can stay in, in one of the top spots heading into the playoffs, we're going to be talking about them a lot more. Yeah. I'm interested to see the Leafs have uh, uh, two games against them coming up. I'm interested to see how that looks because the Leafs have not been playing very good hockey as of late and Winnipeg has. So that means that obviously the, the Leafs will probably win both of those games. But that's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, great, uh, great points by both you guys on uh, on the Jets and uh, certainly the goaltending. What a great tandem of uh, not only Hellebuck, as we know, who's uh, elite, but Brassois just works with this team and uh, and also the back end. And they're going to have some decisions to make on guys like Dylan and DeMello, who are very good defensemen uh, who expire at the end of the season. Dylan Sandberg is also a guy who has had uh, very quietly a, a great season on the blue line for for this team. But you look at the forward group, and that's kind of what I want to focus on for a minute here. Like they're just getting contributions from everybody up and down the lineup. And with guys who are just really good pros who have been around the block a little bit and just fit in really well with this team. Guys like Nemesnikov, Niederreiter, Ayafalo, who is obviously a part of the uh, the Velarde deal with, with the LA Kings. A guy like Adam Lowry, who I think is a great leader on this team. Ehlers, like these guys that I don't think get enough credit. And, and obviously, you know, Shifley is having a great season. Say what you want about him, but he's having a fantastic year. Kyle Connor, you know, who has who had been out of the lineup for, for some time. And this team was still going really well without him in the lineup. And I think that really says a lot. So, um, look, I, I, just, I just look at this team and, and last year, you know, all the, all the question marks after last season and the big blow up press conference from Rick bonus after they got out in the first round by, by Vegas, you know, I, I think we, it's safe to say we thought that there would be more changes to this organization. Shifley and Hellebuck stick around. And really the only two big changes were Blake Wheeler being bought out. And I think that needed to happen. You know, he gets stripped of the sea by Rick bonus in the beginning. They really didn't see eye to eye, you know, going back and forth at each other in the media and, and things like that. So I think he's just a guy that really, fell out of favor there. And then obviously Pierre-Luc Dubois didn't want to be there. And he's really struggled in in LA, as we know, and that entire team is struggling right now. 
And that trade has really worked out for them so far. So really happy for this Winnipeg Jets team. We've been saying for years, like with Vancouver, it's no different. This mm-hmm. team is great on paper. And for some reason, just the culture isn't right or, or whatever. So um, I, I really like this team and uh, really glad that they're going as well as they are. And bonus has got to be right there with Talkit in terms of uh, coach of the year candidates for sure. Yeah, when we were talking about these guys um, preseason, we were saying, you know, we see two of their top five scorers leaving this team while some guys are going to have to step up. And we pointed out Perfetti and Velarde. While Velarde was phenomenal early in the season, started to slow down and now is suffering with an injury, but Perfetti has been fantastic. And a maybe more of a surprise is I follow how much he's contributed to this team in creating chances and driving um, driving that up the other side of the top line because uh, I don't think we expected him to come and contribute in that way. We were expecting a third line player while well, he's been great. And it's funny you mentioned Sandberg because I was looking at pairings earlier and and analytically Sandberg and Schmidt has been one of the most reliable pairs that have played more than 200 minutes together in the entire league. So when you're talking about your bottom pair being that reliable and you still have a great top four on top of that, like they, they got to be liking where they're at on the back end. Absolutely. Uh, all right, fellas, let's move on to uh, the team in, in the number two spot. Of course, uh, we were bang on about these next two teams that, that we're going to talk about in, in terms of, you know, being high up in this division, being contenders and that sort of thing. The Colorado Avalanche, 7-3, and 0 in their last 10 and uh, may have the best player on the planet right now. And that is Nathan McKinnon. 77 points in 47 games. Like this is really the year where he's, you know, breaking out, I guess you could say like he's going to have well over 100 points. And we've been kind of waiting, I think, for this offensive production from Nathan McKinnon. And uh, he, he's got to be the favorite for the Hart Trophy right now. So um, anyway, let's let's talk about Colorado and the sum of their parts and uh, second in this division currently uh, ju- just a point behind the Winnipeg Jets, as a matter of fact. So they could certainly end up at the top of this division when it's all said and done. Yeah, I, we talked and say, you know, we didn't expect Winnipeg to be up there and and that we were off on our projections for that. But realistically, the top three teams in this division could shuffle around for the rest of the season. And we don't know who's going to be one, two or three. The rest of the division, I don't care. Like they're not even close. So the top three, they're going to be fighting it out. And and might not be playoff teams either case. That's something to consider too. Oh, I, I fully was going to say later on in this episode that I think the Pacific has both the wild cards. So yeah, yeah Fair enough. it's not, it's not the case right now, but I, I, that's how I see it playing out. Now, Nathan McKinnon, they needed him to step up big in, in the way he has because this team has elected to go the route of scoring more goals than their opponents. They are not playing like Winnipeg. They've allowed the eighth most goals against in the entire league, but they've scored the third most goals. And a lot of that has to do with the top dogs of this team, specifically McKinnon, who has just been outer planetary. He's been phenomenal, but you got to give out some shout outs to some of the guys on in the depth 
category because Duran has been a delight on Colorado. Uh, Ross Colton has come over and seen more favorable ice time, kind of like we talked about in the preseason rankings, and he's been excellent. And a guy like Logan O'Connor has been contributing yep. way more than expected. So um, you're getting goals up and down the lineup, and the top dogs are producing. The defense can certainly be better. Um, and the goaltending has been mediocre. So uh, I guess they're going to get just keep scoring more and it's working. So <laughs> I guess don't change it. Yeah. And I don't have too much to add on this because like you guys both mentioned, we were pretty much bang on in Colorado. I mean, we, we were, we did pick them to finish second and they are in second. We just didn't have Winnipeg in first. We had Dallas in first. So it's, you know, it's pretty close. So, but we were bang on in Colorado <clears throat> in the number two spot. So I don't have much to add. What I'll say is, you know, to, to, to quote Sheldon Keefe, you know, when those guys are going, the top guys like M- McKinnon and McCarr, they're, that's not the NHL. That's a whole different league. I don't know exactly what Keefe was getting at when he was saying that. I think he was trying to say they're very good, but it was phrased very oddly. Um, but yeah, it, it's been clear this year that those guys are really, really, really damn good. And this team is going to go as far as, as their stars can take them. Now, you know, there've been some rumblings that perhaps they're getting their captain back for the playoffs. We don't know exactly how true that is, but the the guy's skating, the guy's skating right now. And, you know, last year in the playoffs, this team was stunned by Seattle. So this year they are going to be, you know, it's cup or bust. Like this is a team who can compete for the cup. They're going to add at the deadline. It's cup or bust, really. So I'm not surprised that they're sitting in second place in their Division, just one point behind first. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not much uh, else for me to add about uh, about Colorado. Obviously, sucks to lose uh, Val Nichushkin in the into the player assistance program, and of course, he left the team early uh, in the first round of uh, the playoffs in in that series against Seattle. And we really didn't get a lot of clarity on what exactly happened there. But anyway, he's away from the team, and it's too bad because he's locked up long term, and he was having a great season as well. So they're really going to miss him. We'll wait and see about Landis Cog. Um, you know, Case, you mentioned a few guys there in, in Colton, Druan, who I'm really happy for, and uh, and and Logan O'Connor as well as some nice, um, you know, depth players. But they definitely want to add some more depth to this forward group, I think. You know, you look at that uh, second line center position in particular, and Ryan Johansson just has not done the job since coming over um, at, a, at a reduced cap hit from uh, from Nashville. So, um, you know, there have been rumblings that Colorado could make a big splash and maybe be a suitor for Elias Lindholm. We'll, uh, we'll have to see. I would also throw a name like Sean Monahan in there too. Um, and, and then the, the other hole that I'm looking at for this team is the goaltending behind um, Gorgiev, because I think that Gorgiev has played a ton of games. He's stretched uh, a little thin, and it's something that Chris McFarland, the, the GM, actually brought up in an interview with, um, with Frank Saravalli that, uh, you know, ideally, 55 games is kind of the the number that he'd like for Gorgiev, I, I believe is what he said. But, uh, but you know, he's projected to to go way over that. And you've had Fransos, who's been banged up. Um, Anunin or Ananin, you know, a, again, hasn't really 
hasn't really done the job. And uh, Prozvatov, who was a waiver claim from the uh, from the Yotes, um, hasn't really done the job either. So they, uh, I would think they they look for a goaltender and uh, and try to solidify that second line center position. You can move down Johansson. Colton is perfect in that three C spot, just like he was with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but other than that, guys. I mean, they could certainly win the cup again. Their second one in three years, the Colorado Avalanche, certainly contenders once again. Yeah, especially if they do some IR cap manipulating with Landeskog, like every team that's won the cup in the last six <laughs> years, then they're, yeah. they're definitely looking good. Yeah, yeah. When, uh, when when we found out that he was skating again, that's the first thing I thought of. Here we go. And you're, you know, you have uh, Nikita Kucherov's voice in your head just saying 10 million over the cap or what was it? 18 million over the cap. Was that what it was? I, I that he said exactly what it was. Shirtless with Bud Lights. Yeah. And yeah, anyway, but uh, we'll, we'll have to see there. It would be great to see Landis Cog back, though, because he's a hell of a player and a big part of this team. All right. Number three in this division. We mentioned them a, a few minutes ago. We were pretty much bang on about uh, about the Dallas Stars. Certainly a contender, 60 points on the season so far. They're 5-3-2 in their last 10. Um, and uh, I know that there's one particular player that's going to get brought up in this. He's a former Av who has fit in perfectly with this team, and we'll certainly get to him. But, uh, yeah, what do we think about the Dallas Stars right now, guys? We interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of our favorite partners, SignUp Expert. If you're a sports better, whether brand new, casual, or hardcore, listen very carefully because this ad is for you. Guys, line shopping for the best odds matters, and that's why any profitable sports better needs to be using multiple sports books to maximize their profits. Thankfully, there's never been a better time to get signed up, and we're here to connect you with the best promotions industry-wide. When you use our link at signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth, you can get access to all the top sportsbooks in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. Most importantly, all of these sportsbooks have valuable signup offers for new users, and when you register through our link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one, allowing you to start line shopping right away with an enhanced bankroll. Guys, it's simple. When you use multiple sports books, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful and profitable sports betting. So if you want to take advantage of these incredible benefits and support our brand at the same time, please consider signing up for your next sports book through the link in the description down below, signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. If you're planning on signing up for a new sports book anyways, you might as well use the link and support the boys. So one more time, that's signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. This podcast is also sponsored by the absolute best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. SeatGeek does this awesome thing where they score each ticket out of 10 based on its value, so you know if you're getting a good or a bad deal. If the tickets are green, for example, you better act quick and secure those things because that's a good deal, but if the tickets are red, maybe wait a bit before pulling the trigger and monitor the price in the app. SeatGeek just makes it way too easy. Anyway, here's the best part though. SeatGeek has completely hooked us up. Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. 
Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Well, I think we're getting exactly what we are expecting out of them, and that's goals. This team is scoring at will, and it's coming from exactly who we expected to come from. Uh, maybe, maybe we weren't expecting Matt Duchesne, who I think is what Harper was talking about, to be almost a point per game player. But you know, hints and Heiskanen and um, Robertson, like all of the guys you expect to be scoring on this team, including Pavelski and Ben and all the top dogs, they are producing. Wyatt Johnson, who I said is better than every player on Nashville except for um, Forsberg, and I'll I'll stand by that except maybe Ryan O'Reilly now added into the mix. But this team is scoring, and I think the only thing that's holding them out of the second spot in this division is they are not getting the all-star goaltending that they've come to expect out of Ottinger. He's been kind of league average at this point, and Wedgwood has kind of drifted back from what he put up last year. So the goaltending hasn't quite been there for this team, but man, has the scoring ever been there. Yeah, and that was something I was going to bring up too, Case. It's just the goaltending. You know, you, you can never, like it's hard in today's NHL to put too much stock into goaltending no, no matter how good some of these guys are because it's the position where you get the smallest sample size of games and it's hard to evaluate. So, you know, Ottinger, he's still a really good goalie. He just, he's been about average, which, you know, if you're Dallas to this point in the season, it's been good enough because, you know, you're sitting in a playoff spot very comfortably and you're not worried about it. You just have to hope he gets hot during the playoffs. This is another team who, you know, the regular season isn't much of a trouble for them with their current roster. It's it's going to come down to the playoffs and, you know, we've talked about them being built for it. So, um this is pretty much where we thought Dallas was going to be. Their stars are going. Duchesne's been been better than Johansson. Um, well, you know, which is something that I remember us talking about, you know, who got the better former pred uh in in the offseason, the the Avalanche or the Stars. Um, and that's why actually one of the reasons why we picked the stars to finish first, but this team is, is pretty good. They're sitting four spots out of, or four points out of first place right now. And, uh, it's pretty much right where we had them. So I don't really have too much to add. I feel like that's becoming a theme, but it just kind of is what it is. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. My two or sorry, three bets, two of my three bets I, uh, I made before the season started on cup winners i threw a couple flyers out there two of them are still alive in dallas and vancouver uh, my third one i made was a little bit more of like well they have ridiculous odds so like if it hits it's going to be great and i thought of any team that's just going to bullshit their way into a cup it would be the calgary flames that one's looking a little less good but my dallas and vancouver bets are still alive calgary might still make the playoffs man like they might be the second wild card they're not out of it and we don't know what they're going to do at the deadline i mean they're probably not going to buy but like they might not sell either who knows (laughs) might do a little a little bit of both um might be like nashville from last year i think i said that last week yeah if you want to be mid forever just do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly but uh but anyway just um you know really quick on dallas i don't have much more to add either but uh i think that uh you 
probably want to extend Duchesne. You know, dollars in term are going to be tricky, but he's fit like a glove with this team. He's been a really nice addition. Um, you know, not only the top dogs, but a lot of good young players in this lineup and coming too. Like this is just a really well-run organization as we've talked about before. I still think they could add a little bit on their back end. I just don't know if there's enough there depth-wise. We know that Haskinen, as great as he's been, he has missed a handful of games due to injury, and he is expected back between Thursday to Saturday, I read before we jumped on here. So it'll be great to get him back in. You know, a guy like Thomas Harley continues to elevate his game. They need to get Ottinger back and and going. And um, look, even though Wedgwood has an eight, uh uh, an eight uh, ninety nine save percentage. I think he's been. I think he's been good enough. You know, um, in the early in, part of the year, he was he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Um, so well, le- league average these days is like what nine oh four, nine oh three. So yeah, like, you know. yeah, something like that. And uh, and you know, there's another there's another uh, a goaltender that we consider elite in this division that uh, we're going to talk about here next. That you know is kind of having an up and down year as well. So. Um, yeah, but uh, not much more to say about Dallas. They're they're scoring it well. I think they could add a little bit on the back end. I think that's something that Jim Nill is looking to do. Get uh, get that elite goaltending from from Jake Ottinger. Certainly, Wedgwood can be better as well. And yeah, this team is going to be a contender. All right, fellows, we'll move on to uh, that number five spot, talking about the Nashville Predators. And uh, there was uh, certainly a lot of debate about this team amongst the three of us. And, uh, you know, the job that uh, Barry Trotz had done in the summer as he entered his uh, first year as general manager of of this team. But uh, they're right there in the number four spot, 51 points. And so from from Dallas, and down, you really see the drop off in, in points, certainly, as you alluded to their case. Um, you know, with this uh, could be like a 15 to 20 point difference between yeah, and four yeah. and division at the end of the year. Like. <laughs> it, exactly. So Nashville, you know, they I think they've been better than we expected. They've had their ups and downs. They're 500 through their last 10 games. Uh, what do we have to say about the Preds? I still don't know how this team is in fourth. I, I have no clue. Hey, <laughs> I was giggling listening to our episode about me just ripping on this team because um, I put Harper through the spin cycle talking or having him construct a, a top six out of these forwards. And uh, it was, it was fun, but I, I like the stars are scoring. The goaltending hasn't been great. The team is not scoring a ton. They're getting scored on lots. Their penalty kill is terrible. Their power play is mediocre. It's like how they have been, I guess the right things click, all click in in certain games and they win those ones. What What is this team? I have not much to say about it. Yeah, I'm also not exactly sure what's going on here, but we did put them in the fifth spot and they're in fourth. So it's one of these teams that like, you know, we weren't really exactly sure what to expect going into the season, and we're still kind of in the same spot. We're not really exactly sure what to expect right now. Are they going to sell? Are they going to buy? Are they going to hold? 
Are they, you know, like, it, like, is this a team that even wants to make the playoffs and just get bounced in the first round? Or should this team be, be selling a, a guy like UC Saros as soon as he strings together two or three good games in a row? Like, you know, because like Harper, you alluded to, that's been a problem for this team. The, the goaltending yeah. UC Saros has not been good this year. Um, in the previous like three seasons, he's been incredible, like top five, mm-hmm. 10 in, in terms of the advanced stats. So that's been something that's odd, um, you know, given the fact that this team is currently in fourth. It's odd that their goaltending, which is like the identity of this team, or at least it used to be, isn't going. So I'm with you, Case. I don't know who the heck scoring goals for this team. I don't know how they're getting wins, but I can't see them finishing in the top four. I see a team like Arizona or even St. Louis uh, uh, leapfrog- leapfrogging them as the season goes on. But yeah, I mean... The end of the day, we're only one spot off at the midseason mark, so it's not uh, it's not crazy that they're here. It's not crazy that they're in fourth, I guess, compared to our preseason rankings, right? Yeah, I, I, I just again, you know, I, I'm surprised that scoring hasn't been um, a, as much of an issue uh, as as we thought it would be uh, coming into the season. They're not scoring a ton, as as Case mentioned, but uh, but you know. Uh, it, it's funny. We did say that, like, for them to score and you know get goals and games and that. I mean, Philip Forsberg would have to be their leading scorer. He certainly is. But it's funny. Like we were joking before the start of the season. I think Case, you mentioned it. Like, yeah, Forsberg will be their leading scorer with sixty points or something. So yeah, yeah. he's over a point per game right now, and we'll see if he can keep that up. But uh, you know, O'Reilly's having a great year. Yossi um, continues used to to be one of the best defensemen in the league and Gustav Nyquist as well has kind of revitalized himself a little bit um with Nashville I think he's fourth in in scoring on this team but then it kind of drops off from there they've got a yeah. lot of young players still finding their way they've got some decisions to make on the blue line so like we said with the Calgary Flames it's going to be really interesting to see what Trotz does here because do you want to make the playoffs and waste eight days. That great line by Daryl Sutter. Do do you want to have a, a, you know, is it going to be a waste of eight days? Probably like we don't see this team winning around if they get into the playoffs. So is it more important to get in this year and add a piece or two? You know, I get it to reward the group, but you got to be looking at the bigger picture here. And I think that that's something that Trots and company in Nashville are certainly trying to do as we get closer to the deadline. I think, I, I think Daryl Sutter wasted two years in Calgary or however long he was a coach there for because he did. <laughs> good God. And, and I wanted to say this Nashville, we we're kind of ragging on them for not being able to score. They have more goals than Arizona, St. Louis. Minnesota and Chicago. They have the fourth most goals in the central and they're sitting in fourth place. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised about three of those teams. So <laughs> it, Chicago, St. Louis, St. Louis and Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Arizona, yeah. Minnesota. I thought, though, like I thought they were going to be a better team. Oh, for no sure. kidding. We, we all, we all thought, and it, we all thought that, and we'll get to Minnesota here in, in, uh, in a little bit, but um, yeah, it, it just goes to show like, and I think we said this too. We, we figured that the central was going to be the weakest division of the four. 
going into this season, right? Like, you know, there would be those three or four teams, then it was kind of wide open from there. Like, there'd be a big mm-hmm. drop-off, and that's exactly what we're seeing here. So, uh, let's get to that five spot, the Arizona Coyotes. I've got my Yotes gear on, as you guys can see. And, um, look, they're they're keeping pace. Like, they're right in the race right now, and, and uh, they've got 49 points. Five, four, and one in their last 10, so not a great record, but they have won a couple of games in a row. They beat Pittsburgh last night. That was a big win for them. Uh, sick pass by Logan <laughs> Cooley to Jason Zucker. I don't know if oh. you guys saw that, but one. I thought you were going to say the other pass, the, the own no. goal pass. No, no, not, not that one. No, but uh, yeah, but Cooley just kind of chops it with one hand on the stick, cross ice to to Jason Zucker, the former Penguin, and that was that was uh, quite the highlight reel there. But uh, look, we knew that uh, Bill Armstrong wanted this team to take a step this year, to be playing meaningful games. Certainly looks like this team is set up to do that right till the end. Um, things could always change between now and the deadline, but this team looks good so far, and they certainly have a chance to squeak in here. So what do we have to say about the Coyotes? I think that they are starting to slow down. We've seen that over the last month or so. And uh, even into December, they started to slow down. There was a time early in the season that I was catching some flack in the Boys in the Booth fantasy chat because uh, everyone thought this team was a playoff team all of a sudden. And I certainly didn't think that. And I was getting dumped on a little bit. But they've definitely uh, you know, come back down to earth a little bit. I still think that there's a little bit of growing pains going on here. Uh, going to go back to what i was saying my my real negative point about this team is the defense and the lack of a number one center or a number two center i think i was saying at the time as well um there's still some some pains there as well um definitely took a step in the right direction this year and they continue to do that every year so you know two two years down the the road here we're going to be talking about arizona a lot but um you'll you even see it in cooley he started out as like a point per game player he's slowed down to like a half a point per game and um i think they're just coming back to earth a little bit they're not going to be a playoff team i don't think that central gets either wild card spot like we've said and um i think you just got to take the positives with arizona here Agreed. It's encouraging that they're at least competing and they'll be playing meaningful games, Harper, like you mentioned, uh, yep. probably all the way down the stretch. Like coming into this season, we didn't think that they were going to be a playoff team, but we thought they might give it a push. And, you know, so far, so good for Arizona. And if you actually sort by points percentage right now, they're sitting in fourth in the central. So that's pretty encouraging. Um, they also have a better goal differential than Nashville, who's technically in fourth they're actually plus five which you know is is again encouraging that's what i keep coming back to but case you're right man i was thinking the same thing they started pretty hot and then kind of fizzled out and i think that's a common trend you see amongst teams who were bad forever and start to become good like i I think you have to sort of break out of that culture of losing and -hmm. it's not easy to keep it up once you start winning games like it's not easy to 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 totally flip the script and continue winning. So I think that's, you know, to be expected from Arizona. And in fairness, they've been absolutely beaten up in the injuries. Yeah. They, that, yeah, that, they have been for sure. 
that too. But even thinking of a guy like Cooley, who you brought up, you know, and and this argument applies to all of the rest of the college kids in the league right now. Matthew Nyes is another guy, you know. These players have been accustomed to playing about 40 games a season for their last two to three seasons. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, I know you played in college last year. Well, you got to play 82 games. You got to play three and a half games a week in the NHL against like players who are bigger and stronger than you. Like, you know, so the physical toll on players is something that I don't think gets talked about enough. And for Cooley, you know, you're expected to be good, but you're not expected to come in and light the world on fire. You know, all of the the conversation was mostly about Connor Bedard. And, you know, so it, it, it's okay that he's been a half a point a game player, you know, a, after starting really hot. And, you know, it's just to be expected that there will be some growing pains with this team. But all in all, we picked them to be around a bubble playoff team. Currently sitting in, in fourth, we picked them in sixth. You know, it, it's kind of right around where we expected, at least in the same tier that we expected them to be. I don't think Logan Cooley is going to be thinking about the guys who are calling him a power play and secondary assist merchant when he hits a thousand points, of, you know, a number of years down the road. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, not much more to add on on Arizona. You guys know that, uh, you know, I, I like this team a lot. I like the direction that they're going in. And uh, look, they're, they're being realistic. And I, I think we're going to see... We're going to see that as we get closer to the deadline on March 8th. And and Bill Armstrong said before the start of the season that he said, look, I don't think we're a playoff team yet, but certainly think that we can play meaningful games down the stretch, be in it right until the bitter end. And they certainly could could do that. Um, you know, want to. Wanted to mention a couple of guys, uh, Connor Ingram, who has had, uh, you know, his ups and downs during his career and everything. Uh, he's been fantastic and has uh, overtaken uh, the, uh, the, the net from, uh, from Corral Vimalka, who just really hasn't been that good this year. Ingram has been great. And, you know, Jeff Merrick, I was listening to, to him today, guys, and he came up with a, with a really good point. He said, you know who are the real MVPs in the league? It's those goalies who make a million bucks or less. You look at Ingram, he's on a three-year deal. I think he's at 1.95 or whatever. So, you know, almost 2 million bucks or whatever. But he's been absolutely fantastic. And you look at other goalies around the league, a guy like Stolarz, you know, Wedgwood, even though he's kind of dipped a little bit. Alex Lyon, what he's doing in Detroit and, and what he did last year in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Florida. Sorry, Case, who did you mention? Arison. Yeah, Arison in Philly, absolutely. And he's he's the guy there right now and has been for, for most of the season. So yeah, I wanted to mention Connor Ingram. He's been fantastic. Sean Dursey as well has been fantastic for this team. And uh, you know, just the, the offensive numbers and and uh and what he's been able to do. He's also in a contract year, so that's gonna be interesting to see. Um what Arizona gives him after this year, I would think you'd have to keep him around. But, uh, but case it, it's back to the point that you mentioned a few minutes ago, just the lack of having a number one defenseman because Sean Dursey is their number one defenseman right now. You'd have to say, and in reality, he's not a number one, but again, man, he's, Arizona, Arizona does this with defensemen. They did it with Goss yeah. spare, bring him in, turn him around. Didn't really have to turn around Sean Dursey, but 
just a guy who gets a bigger opportunity with the team looking to take another step in the right direction. So I like that a lot. What were you going to say? Sorry. He's weathered the storm better than I thought he would. When we talked about these guys in the in the preseason, I, I said, you know, Sean Darius is going to be coming over after playing on the second pair in LA, getting sheltered minutes, uh, you know, because of uh, Doughty and Anderson, and he's going to come in and have to play a ton of minutes and be quarterback one on the PP. Well, he's he's handled that pretty well, and I'm I'm pleasantly surprised with what he's done. But uh, that being said, you know, he's he's still not a number one defenseman, and and this team seriously lacks that. Uh, talking about Connor Ingram, when I put this team at seventh in my rankings. I did not expect Connor Ingram to win them so many games. So, like, you <laughs> yeah. know, that's that's one of the areas I was wrong in. I think I said he's going to be a fine goalie. <laughs> well, he's been great. I have so. all the love in the world for Connor Ingram. Uh, I will say though, when I went to see him, he got absolutely lit up in Arizona against uh, the Senators, and they then still v- won that game though. Yeah, he got pulled. That's why Vamelka yeah. came in, stole the show, didn't allow a single goal, and they won. So, <laughs> well, they were yeah. a tough first after what Ingram did. They weren't expected to win that game anymore. So Vamelka, of course, won the game. That's what yeah. he does. He wins That's when right. he's not supposed to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of our favorite partners, Sign Up Expert. If you're a sports better, whether brand new, casual, or hardcore, listen very carefully because this ad is for you. Guys, line shopping for the best odds matters, and that's why any profitable sports better needs to be using multiple sports books to maximize their profits. Thankfully, there has never been a better time to get signed up, and we are here to connect you with the best promotions industry-wide. When you use our link at signupexpert.com slash boysinthebooth, you can get access to all of the top sports books in your region, along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. Most importantly, all of these sports books have valuable sign-up offers for new users. And when you register through our link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one, allowing you to start line shopping with an enhanced bankroll. Guys, it's simple. When you use multiple sports books, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful and profitable sports betting. So, if you want to take advantage of these incredible benefits and support our brand at the same time, please consider signing up for your next sports book through our link in the description below. Signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. If you're planning on signing up for a new sports book anyways, you might as well use our link and support the boys. So, one more time, that's signupexpert.com slash boys in the booth. This podcast is sponsored by SeatGeek, the absolute best ticket app out there. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals to tickets at your favorite sporting event. SeatGeek does this awesome thing where they score each ticket out of 10 based on its value, so you know whether you're getting a good or a bad deal. Last time I got tickets to see the Devils play, I first saw red tickets. I waited it out, monitored the price in-app, and once I saw green, I pulled the trigger. SeatGeek makes it that easy. And here's the best part. SeatGeek has completely hooked us up. Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Click the link in our description to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. 
Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. All right, fellows, we've got uh, we've got three teams here to, to wrap up the Central, and uh, we'll go to the St. Louis Blues next. Uh, 46 points on the year. They're f- uh, four, five, and one in their last 10 as well, um, uh, along with Arizona. So, um, yeah, what what uh, what do we have to say about the Blues? Obviously, they they made the big coaching change a little while ago. Craig Berube out after winning uh, the Stanley Cup with with the Blues in 2019. Uh, Drew Bannister has been the guy for for a little while now. Uh, what do we have to say about the Blues? We know they're retooling. They had three first round picks in in 2023. What do we got on the Blues? Oh, this team started out poor started out terribly they've kind of slowly started to turn things around kind of the opposite situation as the arizona coyotes uh but the real problem here has been team defense they have allowed a ton of chances they're actually smack in the middle of chicago san jose buffalo and columbus when it comes to chances allowed and those are both high and medium danger as well and then on top of that, they've been struggling to put together scoring at times. There's been some times where you know the top dogs are really killing it, and in, in, in Thomas and uh, Kairu, Buchnevich has continued to be just yep. this strangely productive goal scorer in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, they can't really put it together in you know multiple games in a row, and, and that's really been the struggle for this team. I still wouldn't be surprised to see them, like you said, Chad, you know, overtake a Nashville uh, by the end of the year or, or be, you know, battling with Arizona in, in meaningful games, trying to get that last wildcard spot. But it just, it wasn't there at the beginning of the year. The coaching change has given this team a bit of that coaching bump, as you guys mentioned last week. And, but, you know, they've, they've got to, they've got to put together the goal or the, the scoring uh, as well as stopping the chances. Yeah, and that's gonna that's gonna come right because they've got guys in the pipeline. Like this isn't gonna be the team that you know. I, I guess like some of, like the big names like Thomas and Kairu, like those guys will be here. Maybe even Kevin Hayes, you know, will be here when this team is eventually good. Good, but you know they're they're in a bit of a retool, and this is kind of where we expected them to be. You know, pick them in, to finish in the seventh spot. Currently sitting in the sixth spot, one up on Minnesota. Um, you know. Are they a playoff bubble team? Maybe. Um, does it help them if they make the playoffs? Maybe for morale. You know, you can make that argument. But yep. at the end of the day, you know, this this team wasn't expected to be that good. And uh, they're going to get a decent pick at the end of the year. And they're going to turn this thing around relatively quick. I think so. They're, they're kind of following. And we've talked about this before. They're kind of following the Dallas Stars model. That's where. Right. You know, you, you've got a good mix of old and young and you try to make it work uh, in a short period of time. So I have no problem with where St. Louis is in the standings right now. And it is pretty much, um, you know, where where we thought they were going to be. I will still say, though, um, and this was a point in in when, when we talked about the Central in the preseason, I said I would take Arizona at every position over St. Louis. I think I still would, if I'm being honest. I, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, um, I'm with you. And uh, Case, you mentioned it, man. Like, they don't defend well enough. Well, again, like, Chad, I think you mentioned this uh, before the season started. Looking at this back end, it's old, expensive, and just not very good. It's a lot of money for guys like Krug, Pareko, 
Falk, Scandella, who's been banged up, Nick Letty as well. And, uh, and, and this team just hasn't been the same since Alex Petrangelo's departure to the Vegas Golden Knights. I think that's the biggest thing with this group. The one thing I will say, like I, I'll agree that, you know, the defense has been a main cause of those chances allowed. Um, but the one thing I will say is that if this team somehow made the playoffs, your tune would change on this decor. That That is very true. And I, I won't dispute I, that. I mean, like how in, many Nick Letty, 200 playoff games or something like yes. that? That's true. Yeah. A lot it, of experience but, back there. Yeah. But you have to get there first. And yeah. it's not just the experience, Harp. It's how they play, too. They're big mm-hmm. and mean. They might be slow, but they're big and mean. And in yeah. the playoffs, the game That's slows true. down. And, and we see that every single year. It's a tale of two seasons. Yeah, when Zagor yeah. Goshen becomes one of the best playoff defensemen, it's it's yeah. because he plays like a Marco Scandella and a Pareko and, uh, you know, Letty, Falk, all these guys. <laughs> they all play the same way. That's yeah. That's true. It's a good yeah. it's a good point, Case. I'm glad you brought that it, up. It is. It is an excellent point, especially a guy like Pareko. Like that guy is just a monster. Um yeah, no, that's that's a really good point for sure. Uh all right, fellas. Seven and eight now. The Minnesota Wild, who uh we were super, super wrong about. We thought this team would be in third. Yes, given the fact that they are in cap jail a little bit here with the dead money from the suitor and, and Parisi Say buyouts. It. Say how much. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Say how much. No, no, we've said it. We've it's said almost it $14 million. <laughs> there we go. That's I too know. much. We're, we're, we're beating a dead horse here <laughs> what with, are you the, doing? with the dead cap on this team. But look, I think we, we thought, and I think a lot of people thought that they would still be competitive and still be better than this. And look, it's been a tough year on and off the ice for this team. And, you know, you have the investigation with, with Bill Guerin and, and that, and, you know, for, um, uh, verbal abuse or whatever it was, and there were no legitimate findings there, but, you know, that's obviously going to disrupt things. Dean Evason is let go, um, you know, and, and, uh, and just the, Kirill Kaprizov being injured and not quite being the same player this year, the spotty goaltending, all those things. So, yeah, Minnesota is um, it's it's been a tough season for the Wild, and and uh, they are kind of free falling out of the out of the the race here. I know that Garen is not ready to wave the white flag when it comes to not making the playoffs, but. We're getting pretty close, or we may already be there with this team, right, guys? Like, what yeah. what do we have to say about the Wild? Well, I think that the goaltending has been probably the biggest problem. If I had to pick one, because like, I mean, Flurry has not been great. Um, Gus has not been great, and Wallstead. They took a, a shot at him, and he proved oh, to boy. not be ready yet. Um, <clears throat> but I think what's really wrong with this team is that they have not put it all together at once yet this season. They started out really poor. The uh, I'm getting deja vu here. The goaltend or uh, coaching change helped once again with this team, but it was a little too late. Like they they are getting scoring from the guys we expected and Kaprizov and Boldy and Zuccarello continuing to do just ungodly things at his age and um, we, we've kind of got our answer. We were saying they need to figure out who's the one C is it Marco Rossi. Well, he has been that as of late. So that's been, um, you know, great to see. 
they've actually been pretty good defensively. They've allowed the six least expected goals against in the league. They just haven't put it all together yet. They they haven't had it all happen at the same time, and that's what's really killing this team. Yeah, and if you're not allowing a ton of high quality chances, <clears throat> you know you expect one of your two goalies in your tandem situation to step up and kind of take advantage of that. And that just hasn't happened. You know, there's talks that Flurry could be out the door at the trade deadline, which I think they should do because his value, you know, is only going to continue to go down, you know, as yeah. over the last few years. So if there's a deal out there, I, I would say take it. By the way, the number's 14.7 over uh, it, it, uh, of dead money, which is just disgusting. I don't know how they ever expected to be competitive with a salary cap like that. But <laughs> like you said, Harp, we're beating a dead horse here. We are. Um, we are. It, if they're defending well, then they need to score more. But like you said, mm-hmm. Case, they, they haven't been able to do both at the same time. And that's been hurting them. Um, just looking it up quickly, Chad, no movement clause on Marc-Andre Fleury. So it's going to be totally up to him to waive that, That's waive right. that. And we know he's been a little hesitant in the past about where he yeah, goes. But, but you're at the very tail end of your career, just like Jonathan Quick. If you get one more chance to win a Stanley Cup, you take it. And I think that's what Fleury would consider. Mm-hmm. I, I obviously I have no idea about what the player's thinking, but if I were him in that situation, that's what I would do. No movement clauses exist so that you can't get traded against your will, but I think Fleury actually would want to go. I think most people would. Just not yeah. to Chicago. Or what team was it well, that he said? Absolutely uh, not. I forget. I mean, he did play in Chicago, so it wasn't them, but it was... I don't maybe another team. I'm not yeah. sure. Well, and we but, know that things did not end well with him in Vegas either. I mean, that wouldn't even be an option, but no, they, yeah. and they w- wouldn't even be a team who needs them. But you know, like LA, like, like they could use a goalie, maybe like Colorado, been, like we mentioned. Colorado, yeah. But it was Edmonton that he refused to go to. Oh, okay, really from Chicago. Hmm. Oh, did not know that. Or I might have known that and forgot it. But point point is, this team's done. They're like they're so far out of the picture already. Like we're talking about selling for a reason here. Like yeah, you know, like count your losses, come back better next season. Hopefully, your young guys are even a, a bit better. Like a, a guy who we haven't really talked about is Brock Faber. Oh, he, unreal! He's been so good. He has this year. been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so maybe just count your losses this season and, and come back better next year and I hope you have better goaltending and things can click in unison, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, Faber impressed this uh, when he came in in the playoffs last year but and thought like, okay, he'll be a very good top four defenseman for a long time for this team. Well, now he's looking like a, an elite defenseman for this team who plays a ton of minutes at such a young age. I can't believe it. And, and you know, Jared Spurgeon has been banged up and hasn't had a great year. And so even more of the responsibility has been on Faber. It's been really impressive. But the back end overall, it's just, it's not good enough. You know, they add Bogosian, which helps a little bit depth-wise, but 
they, uh, you know, it didn't work out with Addison and they've got guys like Merrill and, and Middleton who's not having a great year and, and yeah, so it just, uh, th- there's just a lack of depth there. And obviously the dead cap money is a big factor in that. Oh, the dead cap is killing them. But yeah, I, I like, I still like this decor if Spurgeon's healthy, you know, you, I do, I do too. You slot him in Dakota Maramis has actually been not bad considering like, yeah, that's you know, true. He, he came out of the AHL last year, but Jacob Middleton is a, a strong defensive defenseman who's decided to start putting the puck in the net. I think he's at seven goals now, which is, you know, a, a shock there. But Jonas Brodeen, we've, we've, you know, everyone talks about him. He's like that guy that's so underrated that he's overrated at this point. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I think it's, you know, stirred, uh, Sturgeon. Sturgeon <laughs> is healthy. This, this team still has a good decor and, and we're seeing that in the, the expected goals against being so low. Well, that's what I was going to say. The expected goals against at five on five are really low. Like they're, they're number six in the league. In all situations, though, they're about middle of the pack. So that tells me that their penalty kill is getting caved in. So I wonder if that's more of a personnel problem up front. They don't have maybe enough defensive forwards. I, it'd be something to look into, but that's just what some of the numbers are telling me right now. All of that being said, everyone's blue line, every team's blue line can get better. You know, like no blue line is perfect. So imagine they had 15.7, $14.7 million to sign <laughs> Matt Dumba. That would make their defense better. Uh, yes. Yeah. Definitely. I think, and I think, uh, I, he clearly is a big loss on that blue line. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, good, good points there about the blue line. Didn't realize that, uh, there were better numbers there than, than, um, you know, than, than I, than I thought. And, and that, you know, a guy like Middleton is, uh, is starting to put the puck in the net a little bit, but, uh, certainly when you have injuries, it gets pretty thin back there, but yeah, Brock Faber has been impressive. He could certainly win the Calder trophy this year as well. Mm. Um, wide open now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with Connor Bedard out and we're going to go to the, uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks now to finish up this division, uh, dead last in the central. That's what we expected. We knew it. It was another year of the rebuild for the Blackhawks. And despite having Bedard, um, you know, uh, it, it was still going to be tough sledding for the, for the Blackhawks. Just so many injuries, man. It's been brutal for this team. Three and seven in their last 10. Um, you know, despite having Bedard out of the lineup, which just, which just sucks for him and for the team. Surprisingly, they've stayed competitive. Like they only lost two nothing to Vancouver last night and they beat the Islanders in overtime last weekend. Like they've been in some games, but just they're so banged up. They're so thin. I think like one night against the Calgary Flames, they won and combined their entire forward group added up to like $13 million or something like that with all the guys they had out of the lineup, Bedard, Taylor Hall, Athanasiu, the list goes on. So, um, but I, I like what Chicago's doing. Just continuing along, they might get Macklin Celebrini. Could you imagine if they win the draft lottery for the second year in a row? People will be rioting. Uh, so, anyway, but uh, yeah, what do we have to say about Chicago to finish off? I think it'll be a little bit less of a piss off if they win it this year because they're going to be dead last 
Well, San Jose. God, probably I second last. I forgot about them. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe people are going to be mad. They're going to jump from two to uh, two to one. But yeah, our, I think the injuries are the main problem with this team. Their momentum they had at the beginning of the season was absolutely killed with, you know, Hall going down definitely hurt. And then Bedard, who was actually carrying this team, uh, you know, he got absolutely rocked by Brendan Smith. Uh, clean hit. Um, Skated right into him. <laughs> Brendan Smith just stood still. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like I actually thought that this team was going to be playing a lot of like interesting, fun games to watch. Harper, you just mentioned that they have still been doing that, but I thought so more when they had Tyler Johnson and Athanaseo and Hall yes. and Beauvillier and Bedard. <laughs> but yes. the team is so beat up now; it's 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 looking pretty bleak on forward. Um, I will say I've watched a couple games, and I'm really impressed with Korchinski and how he's played to start this season. And I think that he's going to have a very, very bright career ahead of him. Uh, But yeah, like this team is not good. Yeah. We, in the preseason, we picked them to finish eighth. Uh, They're sitting in eighth. They are not moving from eighth. They have 30 (laughs) points in 47 games in the preseason. We said, or at least I said, I could see them having, you know, 65, 70 points. But like Casey just alluded to, you know, that was before all of the injuries. So yeah. Corey Perry, when they had him too. <laughs> yeah. And now he's in Edmonton and nobody still knows what he did. And we'll never find out because it's the NHL and we don't even know what Val Nichushkin did last year in Seattle. So That's right. It is what it is. But Chicago, you know. A couple things. They're going to be okay next year, really. Like if if people are healthy, if if players on this team are healthy next season, they're going to be like not. I I mean, I don't want to predict now. It's middle of the season, but like they're going to be better off than they are this year. I think is safe to say. Oh, of and course. A, and that will also be after getting another really high pick, which is just great for them. Um, but I'll say this: you, you like Chicago. You have no players. Sign Phil Kessel. Why have they not signed Phil Kessel? Like this is, it's mind boggling. Just to get him to a thousand points. Like, yeah, exactly. And to continue his streak. Like it just, I don't know. It's one of those things. Like it just seems odd, but I guess Chicago isn't in the business of treating players well. So it's shouldn't be surprising. (laughs) Can you tell me that without looking who their current active point leader is? (laughs) I can. I have. I honestly have no idea. I don't think I've looked at Chicago stats all year. I would guess Dickinson. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great guess. Yep. Wow. <laughs> How many points does he have? Just curious. Oh, he's like twenty-four in yeah. forty-seven games. Is the leader after Connor Bedard? Yeah. I mean, they're Kershev on pace for like has been good as well in points per game. Kershev is. Mm-hmm. is second after Bedard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're on, like the team is on pace for like 55 points or so like that. <laughs> yeah. <tough. laughs> it's, it, it's bad. They're, <laughs> I mean, they're I really mean like, I, like less than 200 anyway, they're on pace for, but yeah, I, to, to wrap up, I think we're done eh, with, with the central, but to wrap yep. up, I wanted to say, do you guys remember the controversy of la- of the preseason show? When we were talking about the central. Oh yeah. The I video remember. of Case saying 
that this that Chicago was like an expansion team got like fifteen thousand views for some. They reason. just didn't so, understand what I was trying to say. So we we better not say too much more about Chicago, or else we're gonna. Oh my god! Have Especially that the one comments. that one guy that wannabe rapper or whatever that was all over us about. <laughs> yeah, about like, that. and I don't care the, that I said that either. From the like, depths of SoundCloud to to protect the <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks because they need protecting anyway. Oh, yeah. again, I, hey, like, c- come at us, speak all all you want and stuff. We encourage it because it's more engagement for us, so it's great all the way yeah. around. I just wanted to say that because when I listened back, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And then went back and watched the reel. And I was like, oh, my God, people are nuts. I know. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe this. such a random thing, too. But uh, but a couple more things with the Blackhawks. Again, I like the direction that they're going in next season. I think if they can stay healthy, they'll be pretty good. Like I could kind of see them taking a step like Arizona did last year or even this year. Um, not be a playoff team, obviously, but like they should be better. Case, I'm with you. Korchinski, very impressive. Alex Vlasic as well, guys, is another young defender on this team. Yeah, he's he's a he's a big body. He can defend really well. His plus minus is good on a bad team, and uh, and he's looked great so far. Also, Chad, you'll like this. Peter Mrazek has actually been pretty good for this team. Why would I like year. that? <laughs> <laughs> well, j- joking, obviously, but you know, God. like they they bring back, uh, they re-sign Felino, they re-sign Dickinson, which I really like because you need players, right? Like they need players, they need good pros, and those guys have obviously fit in really well with this team and have been good leaders, and they might bring back Morazic, like a guy who was a throw in a, a cap dump and they got a first round pick out of it from Toronto, as we know at, at the Montreal draft, like he's, he's looked pretty good for, for this team and they may decide to, to hang on to him as well. So I like what Chicago's got going on, but they're a bad team right now. They're going to have a good back end here. Eventually. Like, yeah. Looking at and, and a big well, I mean, back end as well. Yeah. Like between yeah. Korchinski, Alex Vlasic, Wyatt Chicken on a Kaiser, um, Isaac <laughs> Phillips, Del Mastro, Allen, Brinzel, Crevier has actually looked pretty good so far. Like it's going to be a good back end eventually. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Big, got long guys. and <laughs> big, long and mobile. And uh, we've seen that time and time again. That's what wins championships in this league. So um, anyway, whether you like it or not, it's a bright future in in Chicago. So, uh, all right, fellas, that uh, that wraps up the Central Division, and uh, looking forward to the next two because we go over to the East. And uh, next week we're going to do our in season check in episode on the Metro. So, looking forward to getting to that. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the hockey, and we will chat with you next Wednesday. Take care. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.